ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion! With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. I am Scott Prather coming at you on a Friday. Gus Catyell joining me at 7.15. We'll talk a little Saints and Pels. Brad Topham around 8.15. We'll talk a little college baseball, among other things. It is uh, Friday on the Great Scott Show. Give me all you got. Sweet 16, Pels. United States men's national team couldn't. Score had two good shots at it, but drew a uh, played to a draw yesterday against Mexico. If they could beat Panama Sunday, they're in. They're all but in to the World Cup. But let's start with what unfolded last night on the hardwood from the college side of things. Coach K, of course, Coach K is going to win his one hundredth career tournament game. All right. There's no way there there's there's no way he was gonna be stuck at ninety nine and then retire and not have that three digit number. Of course he was gonna have that. And the game against Texas Tech last night was a great game. It was the best game of the night. No, I don't root for Duke. No, I'm very open about that. No, I've never shied away from that. I'm also not gonna tell you that Duke had the help of the officials and all that other stuff. Duke down the stretch last night against Texas Tech, just shot the lights out, man. They were great. They went to the zone in the second half. Their offense down the stretch was outstanding. Outstanding. Jeremy Roach has been great. 30 points on 21 shots over the last two wins for the Dukes. And he was... um. You know, he's he's been one of the breakout stars of the tournament. But he's kind of been on and off the bench all year. But they look, Duke just got great guard play. Now they get Arkansas, who beat the team I thought was going to be in the natty. Gonzaga, must bust. Eric Musselman, I said it yesterday, I'll say it again. He loves when the Hogs are underdogs. Loves it. Gets to play that card. Gets his team fired up. 40 minutes of hell, man. Get after it. Arkansas looked good last night. You know, prior to their game against Gonzaga, they had narrow wins against, what, New Mexico State and in, in Vermont. Then they play the one seed, and they were great. They were great. Very impressed. Very impressed by the Razorbacks. They won with defense. I mean, they. What I think Gonzaga I read had seventy-seven offensive possessions. Gonzaga's got some playmakers. 
They scored 68 points on 77 possessions. I mean, they they didn't have an answer for Arkansas's defense. Gonzaga's, you know, they're they're like over the last 20 or so years, they're, they're like the Dallas Cowboys. A lot of hype, get to the postseason. The difference is Gonzaga gets to the postseason in the last 20 years a lot more than the Cowboys. But the point is, they get there and then they choke. Eric Musselman's team shut down Gonzaga. And Arkansas is that one SEC team left hanging in there. And now they get a matchup with Duke. Gonzaga was averaging 83 a game in their last 14 NCAA tournament games. They scored 68 last night. Great defense by Arkansas. So Gonzaga's out. The other team I thought had a good shot to get to the championship was Arizona. And Houston just muscled them. As I said yesterday, Houston is one of those get-off-the-bus teams. You see him get off the bus and you're like, damn, that that team is good. Those are some men. Like of the of the 12 teams left in the tournament, if you said, all right, we're going to put them all in an arena and they're going to all fight, I'm, Houston would win that. They'd walk out with their fist raised and bloody. They're just a tough team, man. They're just a tough team. Houston's good. They were great on the offensive glass. They forced turnovers. They out-rebounded them. That was it. The the reality is they're much better than a five seed. Much better than a five seed. Houston's just playing with some confidence right now. Look out. Now, Arizona, to their, you know... As a one seed, you got bounced. It's disappointing for them. But remember, they began the season. They weren't even ranked when the season started. Weren't even ranked. And then lastly, you had Jay Wright and Villanova, who were, they're just awesome. I mean, that that game last night, they just, they handled Michigan. It wasn't a particularly close, entertaining contest. It was just Jay Wright's squad, and they're, is there a more prepared team in the NCAA tournament than Villanova? Jay Wright always has them ready to go, regardless of opponent. In-game adjustments, Jay Wright's as good as it gets. As good as it gets. He's outstanding. Now we got some more games tonight. Four more Sweet 16 games on the schedule. The ultimate Cinderella, St. Peter's in action tonight. And I, you know, you think they're going to beat Purdue? Anybody? That game, the first one to tip off on CBS tonight, a little after 6 o'clock. I'd be be surprised. Now, look, they've already beaten Kentucky. The Peacocks, no one thought they'd win one game, much less two. You know, it was pretty crazy that they beat Kentucky. And then they beat Murray State and was like, all right. St. Peter's is great on defense. I mean, if St. Peter's gets hot, who knows? Who knows? Wouldn't bet on it, but hey. 
Providence and Kansas, North Carolina, UCLA, Iowa State, and Miami. Miami, by the way, is the lock of all the of all the games tonight. Miami is the one. Lock it up. They're winning. They're beating Iowa State. It's gonna happen. On the NBA hardwood last night, the Pelicans. No Brandon Ingram. No problem. This is a team that has gotten much better at learning how to win without Ingram. Now it helps that you have CJ McCollum now. But this team started three and sixteen. Their their you know franchise player in Zion Williamson hasn't played a single game this year. Brandon Ingram has missed twenty three games, and since beginning three and sixteen, the Pelicans are twenty eight and twenty six since then. With a lot of those wins coming later in the season. The Bulls are good. And that was an important game for them from a standing standpoint in the East. And they handled them. They handled them. Devontae Graham, he needed that. 30-point outing after he's been struggling. Said he, he said he needed to get his swagger back. Well, he got it last night. San Antonio, who's still in the mix for a play-in spot. And then L.A. Lakers, who right now tied with the Pels in terms of record. Pels own the tiebreaker currently. They are ninth in the West. The two most important games of the season right here, Saturday and Sunday, at the Smoothie King Center, which was rocking last night. Rocking. Great atmosphere. Jose Alvarado had them all up on their feet. Jonas Valanciunas, by the way, second in the NBA this year in double-doubles behind Jokic. 46 double-doubles this season. How great of an acquisition was that? We're going to talk more Pels, Zion's dunk video. Why it's pretty, it's, it's, it's what the younger generation does. When they have something to say, they don't just come out and say it. Whether it be Kyler Murray, whether it be Zion Williamson. But we'll, we'll nitpick it. What does it mean? What's the situation between them? Saints apparently wanted Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and then he ends up getting a $30 million deal from the Chiefs. Saints fans are upset about it. Look, I, I'm... I've been as hard as anybody on the Saints and their lack of moves and free agency. But guys, Scantling caught less passes last year than Traquan Smith. And he was playing with Aaron Rodgers. Really? Like you're gonna thirty million? No. There's some there's some players you just got you just gotta stay away from. All that and more coming your way. Gus Catgill joining me. It's a gimme all you got Friday on the great sketch. Gimme all you got! Gimme all you got coming to you. From the ESPN Lafayette studio, sponsored by Bed Rivers. Every day at Bet Rivers Sportsbook, Louisiana, you'll find line specials, daily boosted odd, parlays of the day, and more. So where will the Saints go next? What's the deal with Zion? What team left in the tournament is going to cut down the Nets in New Orleans a week from this Monday in the NCAA National Championship? We'll ask us those questions and more when we come back right after this on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Hey, this is Rich Eisen, and you can hear me every day on ESPN Lafayette from noon to 3 on the Rich Eisen Show. You, my friend. I'm glad I did this test on you, the friendship test. What? You got the best seat in the house. ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app.
Cat Gale joins me now. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. On a uh, Give Me All You Got Friday. Give me all you got! Give me all you got! Gus is going to do that right now. We didn't get to talk to him last week. He was uh, traveling, but uh, glad to have him back on the show this morning. Is the uh, Plenty to chat about, Gus, between the Saints' um, lack of acquisitions and free agency. The Pelicans... Keep winning games despite being shorthanded, but the Zion drama continues on the side. NCAA tournaments happening. So a lot to get into, man. Appreciate you coming on this morning. How are you? Dude, last night was uh, was so much fun, like from a sports-watching standpoint. Maybe not so much as my wife's standpoint because I paid no attention. (laughs) I mean, you're watching the start of Sweet 16 game into the Pelicans tip that goes uh, into Team USA taking on That's Mexico. Right. That goes right into the end of the Arizona-Houston-Duke-Texas Tech game. I mean, I, I'm i tired. <laughs> I'm ready to go for another day. Man, I, was, I wasn't even feeling good last night, and I was so tired. I'm like, man, yeah. I got to gotta stay up just in case Coach K loses. But, uh, but Duke... Yeah. Well, of course, of course, he was going to win his 100th tournament game. That wasn't he wouldn't get sure. to lose that. Sure. Uh, now they take on Arkansas, who looked great against Gonzaga yeah. last night. What? Let me ask you this, Gus. What's the buzz yeah. like with with New Orleans hosting the Final Four? I was living in the city once when they hosted it, not in 2012, but uh, or 2011 rather, but back in like 03. I remember just all of the people in the city, the buzz. There was, I mean, the Final Four is yeah. a big deal when you host one. And just in this current state of things, you know, I know we're kind of post-pandemic, but what's what's the buzz been like in terms of the Final Four coming to New Orleans as the host city? Man, I got to be honest with you. I, I, I wouldn't say, at least not, and, and maybe it's just because, again, where I'm at and what our station is right now. And I mean, Scott, yes, even with Winston talk, I mean, dude, we'll have somebody come back out, get the Winston to sex, but so, and so, such and such, such and such pals. Like I, I'm, I'm not even kidding you. Um, I wouldn't say that there isn't interest, but, um, I, and I just think it's also maybe different, you know, when you're comparing times to where college basketball is. I remember talking what, two weeks ago when the tournament started, and I had that entire week leading into the first you know games. I'm like, I just sort of feel like college basketball right now is at a point where, I, you know, throw some die, throw a dart on the wall, you know, any any team was shot got a shot really. I mean, when you look at the first and second round, the upset, Mary's all this stuff. I, I just think you had one and done. 
grad transfer. I, I don't think you're going to see dominance by quote unquote the blue bud per, per se. Um, nearly as much as maybe in the past. I could be wrong, Scott, but even watching last night, um, you know, in, in games, I, I just I don't know, I don't know if there's that connection. I keep using that phrase, and maybe a lot of it had to do with LSU's team this year. You know, it's nuts. They go to the Sweet 16 a couple of years back, and there was excitement as the tournament got to there. This was a team that had a ton of expectation level. But, I, you know, I remember as a kid growing up, Scott, the names of Singleton and Blanton and, you know, obviously you know, Jackson and, you know, Shaq Days. But I, to me, there was just I felt more of a connection. And, and granted, some of those players didn't stay very long, and some were four-year players. But I just, even with, with this recent LSU team, which had a ton of talent, you could probably argue they underachieved. And, and you had the Will Wade situation. I just, I don't feel that there is that connection towards college basketball the way they were. And Nichols and you will know here locally battled it out several times, you know, for the Southland Conference title. And I just, I, it, it has not dominated my airways or, you know, text or conversations at the gym. It's been all Pelicans or Saints to the point where literally, um, I, I kind of, you know, I got asked to, to moderate a couple of things from Wilson basketball that are coming in town. I'm like, oh, wow, that's next weekend. You know, it's kind of like, that makes sense. Like, I, I don't remind myself it's next weekend. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. No, no, I get so, it. I yeah. get it, man. I think, yeah. look, a couple things there. I think the NIL uh, isn't going to change. Uh, like, it's it's not this giant game changer in regards. It is a game changer, but in terms of what I'm about to say, it's not a gigantic yeah. game changer in regards to maybe – cutting back on the one and dones, but I do think it helps a little, right? Like, like you're, you look, you're, you're elite of the elite lotto pick go like Jabari Smith. He's going to, I know he hadn't announced it yet. He's going to leave Auburn, but for guys that maybe you're back in the lottery, second round guys, I mean, every year we see a lot more players declare for the NBA draft than are actually drafted. And I do think right. NIL helps a little bit. So maybe there will be, Next year, some more recognizable games in the tournament again, but it'll never be what it used to be. It, it, it won't. It's not. Yeah, it's not going back to that in terms of just knowing and recognizing those names and those players. But look, it's great for the state and the city that the Final Four is coming to New Orleans next week. Um, you know, the teams in it will bring some fans. Uh, the city and the state certainly could use it, and, and they'll have some excitement surrounding it. But. You know, in terms of hoops in the city, shout out Loyola on the national championship, my alma mater. Yep. And then the Pelicans, Gus, that I look, I was just watching it. But no Brandon Ingram, right? Obviously Zion hadn't played this year. Dude, the Smoothie King Center was popping last night. Like they are really in like when the team when the team is there for each other, when they're buying in and they're embracing the city. It, it and and they're and look and and they're winning right and after starting three sure, and sixteen they're twenty eight <laughs> and twenty six cents even without Zion and with Brandon Ingram missing twenty three games and and the fact that you do have a play in shot and all that other stuff there is a, a an undeniable buzz and last night that energy in the building man just it seemed loud it seemed just like everybody in there it it just felt like a real solid top-tier basketball environment and atmosphere. And I've been to some games in there where there's a buzz, and I've been to some games in there where it is dead. Last night, it felt like it was buzzing. 
I text Todd or he texts me. Play by play voice of the Pels. Yeah, Yeah, uh, Graffinini, sorry. And um, he, uh, I I was like, dude, that that was incredible. And he said that was a real playoff atmosphere. And, you know, that run in that third quarter is funny. I I had a couple buddies sitting in the stands there as well. I'm going back and forth. And, you know, Zach Levine was just showing why that guy's a superstar. And, you know, you're, you're just sitting there going, man, they just have more shooting than you. And, you know, I, I call him the human gnat, but Caruso is just a human gnat. He, he's that guy you cannot stand if you're on the other team. And I think it's one of the reasons the Lakers are where they are right now. Guys like that, you know, may not be the Jersey sellers and the guys that Scream and A. Smith talk about all the time, but um, they're glue on your team and they're so important. And you saw there was a stretch. I'm like, ah, you know, they go on a 10 something run, but. That 17-4 run where Alvarado stealing the ball, causing travels, hitting threes, then Larry Nance goes on a Larry Nance run. I mean, like, that, you're starting to see why I think people are buying in. And what's incredible, you know, is, is the kind of, what do you say, the economy. It's just, it's crazy. There's two narratives right now about this basketball team. Jimmy is a, a constant caller in our show. Um, I, I know when I see it on, on my screen, I know, I know what it is. It's complaining that no one goes to the game. He's a huge fan. But the first things out of his mouth is tickets are going for $3 on StubHub or whatever. I mean, it, so he does. You know, and he's disappointed that it's not a sellout. And I hear you, and, and, I, do, and I get it. And that goes in conjunction with, you know, Stephen A. Smith's video yesterday, you know. He knows for a fact that Zion essentially he does he hates New Orleans, can't wait to be a Nick, all this other stuff. And and then you have what we're seeing and feeling and can point to and can talk about tangibly. And that is there is a legit culture being built and I would almost say a foundation being laid right before your eyes, dude. Like right before your eyes. Um, and I think it starts with Willie Green. Obviously getting the team to play a certain way, buying into it and believing it. But you know this from the years that you've covered sports, from when you had Coach Napier, you know, in Cajun country. What, what was his thing? Culture, right? If you don't have that, I just think it makes it harder when you have that and you don't have, per se, the talent that other teams do, you at least have an opportunity to compete. I think that's what you're watching right now. The way everyone actually genuinely likes one another here, um, I think helps set the foundation for when you've got a guy, that, let's just call it the, the root to a gumbo, the roast beef on a roast beef sandwich. That's what I think C.J. McCollum and those Blazers guys have been, man. Um, sure. The basketball part that they bring, you can see that, right? I mean, CJ taking over for a bit yesterday, Larry Nance, you see how smart he is, shot blocking, three-point shooting, all that. Like, you see basketball stuff. But what maybe goes overlooked, um, and he doesn't do it for attention, but CJ McCollum on Wednesday brings in two food trucks and treats the entire Saints and Pelicans facility to lunch, like everybody. And The only way I even saw that was the wife of one of the digital Saints, you know, employees 
like shouted out to him on Twitter and said, thank you for that. Uh, it, it, you know, it's little things like that. And I'm sitting here like, this is a guy that's coming from day one. Didn't have to. I mean, let's be honest. The guy's played with Dane Wither. He's played in playoff games. He's played in situations where at his point in his career, you had literally Stephen A. Smith saying he feels gutted and terrible for the guy that he's going to, you know, New Orleans. And I'm sitting there, and all he's done is basically become Breeze. And, and I'm not over-exaggerating. In this aspect, though, he's become like an ambassador. All you hear every single time this week, he did it again on another podcast, talking about New Orleans, talking about the city. So he hadn't been here that long. I don't you know the city and the culture, but he's the president of the Players Union, so he understands that what he says means something, that he understands if he's going to be here for two, three years, talking highly about where you're at, talking about the place, the culture, the people, the organization, and the locker room, going to help you in free agency. It's going to help you get players to want to play here. And I think it's been absolutely brilliant. Um, so you, you have guys that are getting the opportunity or playing hard, buy into what Willie says. Then you add some NBA seasoning of veteran leadership and a guy that I think genuinely is enjoying himself here in CJ McCollum. And you legitimately have, Scott, the basis and the makings something that's going to be fun here moving forward. I don't know where they go this year. I'm not even thinking about it this year. I think if you can do a play-in game where this fan base can you know, have a playoff in a playoff atmosphere, man, that, I, I think that's a win. Look, you're going to try to have to beat LeBron and AD and everybody in the play-in. It's not going to be easy, but you know what? It's meaningful basketball. You now have nine games that everybody's going to be paying attention to by the second, your score we're watching and doing all of that. And as you mentioned, Brandon Ingram's missed a bunch of games and Zion Williamson hasn't played. So I think that's the frustrating element to me is that there is two narratives that are battling one another. They couldn't be more different. You have no one cares. No one's going to the game. Zion wants to leave no matter what happens. And then you have what you see actually on the court. Or go to practice and, and see or or feel in the community, Scott. They're in a grocery store visit. They're in a gym trip where I'm not talking Pelicans, dude. Like, that that doesn't happen here. And so, you know, I'm sitting here last night at the end of the game. I'm going back and forth with the graph, and we're talking about the atmosphere, and we're also talking about that video from Stephen A. that's made viral news where he's like, he's convinced he's going to New York, doesn't want to be there, hates New Orleans. I'm like, well, then that's a you problem at that point. You got players that are really good. You got players that care. You have a locker room that buys in the NBA. You just saw this week the Miami Heat explosion. You you can say back and forth about ownership, but Dolan and the Knicks, they're a disaster this year. They've underachieved following last season. Um, you literally have a New York Post writer this week that I brought up on my show Thursday, Scott, where he's questioning whether or not the Knicks should give the extension uh, extension to R.J. Barrett, yet in that Stephen A. video saying that the Knicks should get him, it's because he pairs perfectly with R.J. Barrett. Jay Williams, same thing uh, on Thursday morning from the morning show on ESPN. R.J. Barrett's a perfect pairing. The people that are covering the Knicks literally are questioning whether they should give this guy a rookie extension. It's, it's such a disconnect. I've never seen anything. Well, like Stephen A is an entertainer. He's not a, he's not a, he's not a journalist and he hadn't been for a while. He's an entertainer. He's also no, represented know, by it's just so crazy to see 
It's where we are. Like, Look, the it's... two sets of reporters that cover the teams are telling you how they're going. One direction's going south, one's going north, yet the national media is trying to convince you it's completely the other way. Well, national media typically doesn't have on local reporters or journalists, and that's just true of any team, right? They they right. do it in-house. They usually do it with someone that works with them and then somebody that might even have the same representation in terms of their agency. I mean, Stephen right. A's agency is CAA, same one that represents Zion, same one that represents the majority of the players on the Knicks, including their coach Tom Thibodeau, and they have an office in New York City. And you can, you know, you start you start peeling back the curtain and looking at what true motives are, and you start looking beyond just, okay, all right, why, why are they saying this? Why are they going this route? It's, oh, it's because they hate New Orleans, or it's because they hate small markets. It's, it's, there's, there's a game being played by some, and... You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't watch really Stephen A. or national media anymore. I stopped that a long time ago. And I see a lot of it on my timeline because people are always upset about it. But you're not going to change any of that. You know, you're just not. Right. Um, as far as Zion goes, ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. You know, you you look at Kyler Murray and his situation recently with the Cardinals, right? It was like Kyler Murray unfollowed the Cardinals on Instagram. Oh, that was the story. I mean, legit. And it was real one. I'm not, I mean, I'm kind of laughing, but it was like, there's some disconnect there. Kyler Murray wants this. Oh, no, Kyler Murray's following them once again. Kyler Murray says he's all in. Kyler Murray wants this. No, now he wants this. Like, he doesn't actually say much. And then he ended up releasing a statement that said he was in and other stuff. But it, at least he at some point released a statement. My point is this, guys. Usually when you have... A star athlete in their early 20s, you know, we're we're talking Gen Z at this point. They don't really say stuff. They just, they, they, they put it out into the metaverse of social media and then they let everyone else try to sort of play sluice or put it together or what does it mean? I mean, it was a two-second video on Instagram and the reports are that he thinks he's healthy enough to play. Pell's medical staff's like, you're not. We can't let you play unless you're actually medically cleared. And in the past, when he hasn't listened to the team's medical staff, he's gone and he's gotten hurt. I mean, these are just facts. I'm not I'm not even taking a side one way or the other. I'm just stating the facts of the situation. So on one hand, like you said, you've got the Pelicans doing big things, winning games. They're setting themselves up to be in the play-in, maybe host the Lakers. Who knows what happens after that? And then you've got the guy that last year was your all-star that is when he does play is a superstar and appears to be unhappy. It's been drama. It's been one thing after another all year and it's same franchise, but it's almost like they're completely separated, even though he's there now and in the facility. I've said since November, I don't think he's playing this year. I said on your show this week, if he was healthy enough to play, let him play. Let him play. Like, do it. I, I, You know, you, you sign guys on 10 days that are playing like that. He's just not healthy enough to play at this point per the medical staff that's taking a look at him, not some, you know, some family friends in Portland or whoever they hired. I, 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 it, get over it. I mean, if you're not healthy enough to play, you're not healthy enough to play. Just roll with it. But you know what? We got to have that added layer of drama with two-second Instagram videos. I agree, man, and I think that's the thing that, you know, it is crazy. I think you bring up a very good point of uh, by, by Kyler Murray, and look, you know what? 
let's uh, let's go to our very own Michael Thomas. When's the last time you actually heard Michael Thomas? Well, when he does talk, it's right. very quiet and just you know by the book. Well, no, then... but I, exactly. But I mean, my man can't find you know Twitter fast enough, right? That's right. I mean, and, 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 and 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 what are and, and and seriously, how many New Orleans Saints beat reporters are now convinced that he is all in, uh, ready to be back, stronger than ever, based off of what? Based and off of social media, ready to things. go monster mode. Yeah, social media. He hadn't yeah. talked. He hadn't had a press conference. He hadn't spoken to us. I can't tell you the last time we were in a locker room or anything. I mean, right? I mean, Scott, we're, it's almost two years. Like, seriously, when's the last time you heard or seen Michael Thomas? But we are convinced my man's ready to go. He's back. He's healthy. You know, he's invested. He is all in. It's inc- it, You know, you bring up a great point that I'm going to steal and use today. You're right. Like, we, we base our... You know, a lot of fans and media-based commitment based now off of social media postings or, or where they feel and who's liking what and who's doing what. And look, sometimes it's true, Scott. Sometimes it does turn out to to be the, 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 the feeling that they have and everything. But, you know, to your point, man, it, it, it's one of those things where, you know, you're seeing Zion's reaction in the game yesterday. The guys in, you know... He's cheering for his teammates. He was excited. I mean, yeah. yeah, You're going to have to, like, then now start saying, well, he's faking that he's liking it and all that. And look, if you are about basketball and all that, at the end of the day, um, whatever, man. I I just think that you you do have to sometimes question the maturity level because you know exactly what you're doing when you post that video. You know what's coming. You, you know you're doing it on purpose. And like you said, so is it a message? Um, is the organization It was calculated. Sure, of course it was calculated. Yeah, look, and yeah. you and I talked about it on our show, man. I, I go back to the Jordan doc. He was aggravated that the Bulls shot him when he was injured, and he watched his team lose in the postseason or whatever, and, and, and missed the postseason because of it. I forgot. But the point is, he did all of that, and uh, then he went on to win six rings. So I'm not saying that's what Zion is doing, but I can understand the organization saying, you know what, um, I need you to be healthier. Now, it is interesting because, like you said, that there is a um, that there is a tie representation-wise between Screamin' A and, and Zion because the one thing I took out of that video that was interesting to me is he said that he felt that the Pels – didn't want to deal with that. What if he comes back and plays well? And every time he plays like that, people are going to want to say, get him out of there because he's so good. So that, that is the slant and the angle to your point that maybe his side is kind of painting that they're keeping him back from playing because that is going to make people. Because say, it'll make, uh-huh. it'll make uh, national talking heads that spit out palaver continue to do what they're already doing. Okay. Right. <laughs> I mean, exactly. So, which is crazy because keep in mind, if he's playing and playing well, and he has a team that appears to be, you know, deeper or better or more talented than what he last was on the court, that means they would actually win. That means they'd actually be in the playoffs. And that means, that it would be doing what it is. Then you have to face a whole other thing, right, if you're Zion's people. How do you convince people that while they're winning, 
and they're playing well, that still isn't the place for him. Yeah, <laughs> it's all, it's all speculation, Gus. I think, look, I think he just wants to play. You know, maybe he wants out, maybe he doesn't. I don't know. He really wants to play. He's not healthy enough to play. At least the, the medical staff or the Pelicans don't think he is. That's that's what th- that's what we kind of know. He wants to play this season. Pels are cautious to let him, right? All of the other stuff is all speculation about, you know, and, and, and innuendo and rumor and, you know, again, guys with the same representation that also represent a lot of the Knicks and, and all this other stuff. So it's... It is what it is. The team this weekend, Zion aside, they've got the two biggest games. They haven't played meaningful basketball this time of the season in like four years. So here they are, Spurs, then Lakers. They're right behind you in the standings. I mean, you have a chance to separate. Maybe Ingram comes back. Good to see Larry Nance Jr. make his debut last night. I think that block he had still hadn't landed yet. So it's, um, it's a big weekend for him. There's a buzz. The crowds are showing up. It's a lot of fun. ESP and Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Well, I'm Scott Prather. That is Gus Cattingale. Yeah, go ahead, add one thing, I, I and then we're going to hit on the thing. Saints. Yeah, one one quick thing. My friendships are starting to be tested. To give you an idea of, of the 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 buzz here, I literally got ten texts last night when that game was starting to get you know to where it was controlled by the Pelicans wanting tickets. Now I get four tickets to give away every game. <laughs> this, this, I mean, I'm like, I got a buddy from Denver who's flying in. Like, my man, can I get some tickets? I got, I got a longtime friend that's been like, you know what? I'm finally buying it. I need some tickets. I mean, I'm not kidding you. I have 12, 10 to 12 ticket requests last night on my phone. I'm supposed to give them away on the air. I'm like, that's so friendships are being tested right now. I mean, I, I give tickets away sometimes on occasion on social media. There's people I don't know just in the DM. Scott, man, you got any takes? Like, no, I, I don't. Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, that's good, man. Saying, that's man. good. That's a good know. thing to have, man. It's a good thing to have. It's good. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. All right, that is Gus Cagle. We're going to take a quick time out. Give me all you got. Friday, Saints, free agency. Guys are leaving. Are, they, are guys coming right now? The answer is no. They have not done much. On the free agency market, it's, you know, we're, we're deep into it at this point. It has not been good. I've been called a hater or, or a pessimist and too negative. I, I feel like I'm just stating facts about the Saints free agency thus far. We'll get into all of that when we come back right after this on a Friday on the Great Scott Show. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. He still hasn't given up his dream of becoming a member of the Beastie Boys. Drop! Scott Prather on The Great Scott Show on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. It does go well with a chicken. That's a record. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show on a Friday. Give me all you got. This is ESPN Lafayette, 103.3 on the FM, 1420 on the AM, streaming worldwide via the ESPN Lafayette app. Brought to you by Champagne's Market on the Oil Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. Gus Kattengill, our Saints and Pelicans correspondent, our guest now. Gus, let's talk some Saints. Um... 
What's happening? I mean, are they doing anything here? Because I've heard the argument that, oh, well, they're not doing anything that different, right? They usually in the past have waited, you know, for the first wave of free agency to hit and then get some, you know, try to get some good deals off of the clearance rack. And that's that's somewhat true, although they signed to Mario Davis pretty early on, didn't they? Um, I, I The difference, though, is that when they have taken that approach to free agency in recent years, they had a good roster. Like, the Saints defensively, maybe they're not quite as good as they were with Marcus Williams. They're still good. Offensively, they're terrible. They were bad last year. They had big holes on offense. You are now um, 11, what, 12 days into free agency, at least when the legal tampering period began. And your offense is worse than it was a season ago at this moment in time. The holes are even bigger. Am I being too negative here or am I being objective? Because while they still have the draft and while free agency isn't done yet, just seems like, man, I, the, the, I excuse me if I'm not going to celebrate the Saints offseason thus far because to this point, you lost your head coach, you've struck out in free agency, you, 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 you went hard to recruit a guy that you know uh, some in the fan base didn't want for non-football reasons. It's just it hasn't been a good all season for the Saints. That's the nice way to say it. Up to this point, up until March 25th, it's been an awful all season for the Saints. I think that's the objective way to say it. You remember when Aaron Rodgers told the fan base that was freaking out in Green Bay and he spelled the letter, he spelled the word using R-E-L-A-X. Are you about to do that, Gus? I am. It's actually my topic today. Um, People are losing their minds, man. It's not you. Like, it, it's not you. It's it, all right it, if you it, say it, I'm losing my mind. Top. I mean, I, you know. No. I mean, be the it's first. not like, uh, no, I, I would just say, I kind of, and, and you know me, I, I'm the guy last year, and I was like, this is a seven, eight win team. You know, I don't understand where everyone sort of looks at certain things. I, I just, I, I tend to kind of look at maybe where things are on a certain level. And so my quick counter I wouldn't even say argument. My my counterpoint to why you should just relax a bit probably is this. Um, the the free agent signing and things that you see, you're right. Other teams are signing players. You're right. The Saints offense is not better than they were last year because they lost some key players. Now, we've all thought Teron Armstead was not going to be that. We all probably argued the point that it probably shouldn't be a big signing that the Saints had. Now, look, you look at the end of the day, it's 17 and a half. 17 and a half. The Saints fans want to give 17 and a half to Teron Armstead. Now, I know what he is and everything, but we literally spent most of last season, the beginning parts of this offseason, saying, well, you know, when he's healthy. And so it's kind of, I thought we were all had come to terms with the understanding that Teron Armstead, it was probably time to move on. Um, Marcus Williams. He left. I got it. You know how I feel about Marcus Williams. You got a guy in Marcus May, 4.5 million less, but he's coming off of Achilles. I know. Kwan Alexander started the season, you know, off of an Achilles injury. Um, Marcus May is not a terrible football player. I think you at least were in that neighborhood with that. So the two biggest names that you didn't re-sign or left in free agency True or not, Scott, were they not guys that we already kind of thought they were not going to come back or kind of felt that it was time to let them go move on because you didn't want to pay them. So here's my second counterpoint. 
all you hear is all the money, the cap, the cap, the cap night. And, and I said it, and you, I think, even agreed. We all know every single year the Saints will find a way to do it. We all think you, you and I both referenced weeks ago Nick Underhill's two-minute video on New Orleans.football on Twitter that, that he went through the list of jersey-selling players whose bonuses and roster stuff could be converted that would get the Saints under the cap, and he's like, relax. And they did, right? Which is why we have 26.2 under the cap, the same amount of money now that same Saints fans are freaking out that we're not spending like we just got our tax refund and we have to go to Best Buy and get the TV now because it's not going to be on sale tomorrow. So, again, expected, got the money, but now everyone wants to go get guys. I, I know you like the names Odell Beckham Jr. I know you like the names Jarvis Landry. Here's the thing. Now, I'm not saying you, Scott. I'm saying like Saints fans that want those guys. A, when is OBJ going to be healthy? He just blew his knee in the Super Bowl. So it's going to be a bit uh, because the quarterback, I get it. The quarterback blew his knee in Halloween. And that's also part of this reason. If I'm a free agent receiver, and mind you, the Packers just signed somebody from San Francisco who had less catches, by the way, than Traquan Smith. 18 mil. Less catches. And everyone, again, yesterday. Uh, oh, no, oh, that, that, I, I look, let me jump in real quick. That was not one that I was like, oh my God, this okay. is terrible. Well, that, to be okay. clear, I, I opened the show okay. saying, why would anyone want to give $30 million to, to a guy who caught less passes than Traquan Smith last season and he was playing with Aaron Rodgers? I mean, come on. Uh, $30 mil? No. 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 I'm, you know. You, you, yeah. you, All right. Yeah. So, right, to, to your point, though, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like, look at some of these signings and the moves that some of these teams have, have, uh, have done. And I, I don't know. I'm just sitting here. There's two things that you've been hearing from the get-go, Scott, um, in terms of this upcoming draft. Receivers are stock full, and you have good offensive linemen, which is one of the reasons I kept saying the, the, uh, the Sean Watson thing for me was too much. I would have rather build the team because of everything you told me before I started my, my rant, Scott, that this team – Needs to get better offensively. They need to find playmakers. You're replacing an iconic coach. You're replacing a Hall of Fame quarterback. You need to reset things. And I said this last year. This was one of those years last year. Let's see what you got. If you remember, Scott, I said this at the beginning of last year in the offseason. This was a year coming up. Let's see what you got. What are your foundational pieces? Then you go try to find how to fix that. Start the process to becoming a perennial playoff team again. You weren't going to win the Super Bowl last year. You're not a Super Bowl contender probably this year, although I've been arguing that I think they're closer than not based on what I saw last year. So I'm not freaking out. You still have the same, you know, capabilities on the defensive side. You haven't hit on the draft, which, again, you, you want to make news, you want to go get your guy, go get Chris Olaf, man, you know, from Ohio State. That, that guy is a touchdown maker. Everyone is saying that. There's receivers everywhere here. This team has, in the past, been aggressive in the draft to move up in trade-up, while other teams are freaking out and trying to move up and down and go get a quarterback that they shouldn't get in the first round, go get your receiver. What happens, because everyone's complaining, what, you haven't helped the receiving core, you haven't helped the, I got you. If Michael Thomas comes back healthy, and you go get Olav or 
you know, any of these guys out there that, that are solid. I like Traylon Burks. I mean, you, you all these really nice potential number one, at the very least number two, day one starting receiver. All of a sudden you've got that guy there with Michael Thomas. In the other rounds of the draft, even in the second, you can go get an offensive lineman or you use the first pick to go get your tackle and then you get a nice receiver in that second round. It's like, I, I, I understand the angst, but this happens every year. It, it's, it's my intern. He freaks out because by 3 p.m. on Monday of the legal tampering, the Saints haven't signed massive names. And, and, and I try to relax them because it's such a long process to go through it and you, you can't have one or the other, right? One of the things we have lauded is Jeff Ireland. We have lauded the, the draft and the recruiting, or not recruiting, but the scouting, rather, that the Saints staff has had recently. Um, this past draft wasn't bad, right? So if, if we want to sit there and say, well, wow, look what the Saints sort of found themselves in a Debo, and a guy that didn't play football, you know, and a guy that Peyton Turner, we got hurt. He got hurt, man. But I'm telling you, in the practices and stuff I saw, I think he's ahead of Davenport. Um, you're looking at, you know, the linebacking core. Oh, man, really? Pete Werner? Uh, he's probably the third or fourth best linebacker in Ohio State. Um, he's not bad. So if this is the same group of people, then it makes sense to me, right, to not just go throw money out there for a receiver, when I can maybe draft one under a rookie deal, not pay nearly as much, maybe find one that's better. I don't know. Same to me, look, I mean, look. I, I, I'm just not panicking. I'm not. I, you again, said you said your your intern does it every year. Draft, I'm trusting him. I, I don't. I just. I don't understand the panic. I just. I think. I think the difference that. is for me that this year this roster just needs a lot more help than they have in off seasons in the recent past. That's, okay. That's so, a lot more. And so I don't I don't think you sure it up by just drafting a receiver. You're you're awful at tight end. You're not good at receiver. You don't have any depth on the O line now. Um it, it's that's not good for a team that defensively and in terms of special right, well, teams, you're right, strong. Because well, this is what I'm gonna ask our listeners to do the same thing. List me the three to five players in all those position groups you think the thing should have gone and gotten. Well, I think there's a number of first of all, I I was for Jarvis Landry. I mean, I think mm-hmm. I think it makes sense. I think it would be good. Yep. You know, I, I think when you don't, and I think they would like him too, Scott. Just like they would like Deshaun Watson. But this is what I'm trying to bring up too. OBJ Landry, those other guys that have been in the league. What 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 do they like as well, other than money? A chance to win. And here's what the Saints have. This is a fact. I don't know, right? If I'm them, if Jameis Winston can be back, you got a guy that I know has been called the offensive coordinator. But now he's going into his first year as an offensive coordinator for real. Is he Sean Payton? He's probably right. not. I don't know. I don't know that These are, the, I would those are, there is a lot of unknowns on top. offensive coordinator. So I think the Saints have to just understand you're battling a couple of things here as well. And I think it's understandable. The same reason why some NBA, you know, free agents aren't, well, are New Orleans serious about winning? You can throw them all the money you want. David Griffin offered $100 million to Chris Paul and Kyle Lowry. They passed. So just because the Saints haven't signed them, I mean, they're not doing it. Guys got to want to play here. Right, and that, that's another reason why it's kind of like, is, is, is it changing? You know, how, you know, how much 
How much did Sean Payton make a difference? There's a lot of unknown in terms of O-linemen. Look, you you were waiting on Armstead, but you got caught. He was gone. You figured he'd probably be gone. And now a lot of your guys on the secondary market that would not have cost a lot, whether it be, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, uh, uh, a Morgan Moses or or a Cornelius Lucas. I know that these aren't names that are going to freak people out. These are people that can start at left tackle, that have started at tackle, Jamarco Jones, guys that would cost you a lot less. But in the past, when the same, like Carl Nix, right? Carl Nix was great in 2011. Best guard in the game, right? Yeah. 2012 hits, we can't afford him. Like, he's going to go get this giant deal from Tampa Bay. They go out, they sign Ben Grubbs, right? Um, the year they signed Larry Warford, the, the top guard they wanted was a guy in Cleveland that ended up signing a deal that was just a little out of their price range, but they were prepared. They had Warford standing right there. I just feel like... Those those are the kind of deals, not the kinds like your intern says, why haven't they signed a big name? Those are the deals right. to me that have gotten the Saints in the past, at least during the stretch of winning the NFC South, where they had really good, solid depth, where they had starters that maybe aren't going to be household. Even though Warford went on, it was a multi-time Pro Bowler. Maybe they weren't, Ben Grubbs was a Pro Bowler as well. Maybe they weren't these household names, but they were adequate, right? And right now you don't really have adequate at a lot of spots. And so, you know, I mean, what's left out there at O-line? I mean, Nate Solder, I mean, he's 33. Dwayne Brown, he's 36. Brian Beluga, he's 33. A lot of guys that just either go the James Hirsch route, there's not a lot of experience there, or you go, okay, this is a guy that used to be good. We just hope he can stay healthy for a year. And that's not really when the Saints were doing their best work in free agency, in my opinion, the things that were working. So I, I don't know. You asked me to give you some. Those were those were just some names that came to my mind, and and most of them are are gone at this point. So that's why that's why I'm well, that's why I'm, that's why I'm worried thing too, Scott. No, I, I know, and I mean that's I, I understand. Um, but I also would look at it like this too, and, and a couple other levels too. Remember, um, Toronto said just decided on Wednesday, right? So. You know, I mean, a lot of it was based on Deshaun Watson waiting. Then you had to wait on, on Teron to make his decision to see if he can. So I, I think, I, you know what? I bet you by the time you come on my show next Wednesday, the Saints would have signed some players. Now, it may not be the players you like. Right. It may not be the players that you think are difference makers, championship contenders, things of that nature. I, I just, I, I think the why or how I'm trying to just calm people down for a sec, for a sec is where, where are you as an organization? Where are you as a franchise? It's the same thing that I go through every single year when free agents in the NBA hit for the Pelicans and Kyle and CP me and others sign elsewhere and Pell say, I'm like, man, it, I know you have been living a good life. You know, I was just in the West Coast over in the Phoenix area, man. You know, like I, it's it's a different world. It's fantasy, man. The weather is beautiful. There's money. It's it's different, but that that's not where you are. I mean, it, you're you're not the things of all in Super Bowl or bust things from that nature. You're you're trying to reset, not rebuild. I you still I still think Scott. They may not be my favorites or to a lot of different people as. You know, once Tom came back, but I still think it's them and the Bucks to contend for the NFC South next year. I still believe that. Um, I still think they're going to field a pretty good team. Um, 
I, I just that's just me, and I and I am not Mister Fanboy. I, that is not what I do. But I, you know, even still, that that's your best hope right now. It's the first year of a coach, first year of a new coordinator, trying to see where you are. Is Jameis the guy? Do you have to draft another quarterback? Do they draft a quarterback to develop this year? Um, it, you, that's where this franchise is, and I think we've just gotten used to. And that guy, and this guy, we, now we can make a run. That's not where you are. That's not where you are. Because you can say that you can do that and compete for the NFC because, you know, are the Packers the same because they lost Adams? Are they the same? Are, are they weaker or not? How's San Francisco? What are they going to do? Are the Rams back? I, I don't know if you're in the up echelon of the NFC, and I'm okay with that. Well, the NFC, let's Find be honest, has taken, am. as a whole, the NFC has taken a step back. Gus Kangel, our guest, he has no, been that's Lafayette, what I'm saying. KPL, that's what I'm saying. Lafayette. So, I would rather you figure out who you are, be, you know, do things right with your money, try to get someone under order. The cap's never going to be an issue for the Saints. They're going to be fine. But just make sense. Just don't go spend the spend. Make sure who you are and everything, and then get back to it. The AFC is a joke. That's how I look at it, right? Just like when we talked about it in the past, if you wanted to be the Pelicans and, and try to, you know, compete, you're, you're going to have to compete against so many teams over there in the West. So the same thing. How am I competing against teams in the AFC? I'm going to have to score, Scott. I better have a quarterback that can make plays. I better have some receivers. I better have some defense. Like, you better do a lot of those different aspects of it. And, you know, I just think we'll figure things out, see what you get in the draft this year. Sean in the scouting department did a very good job of finding players, you know, during camp, during the season, things like that. But to see where you are, um, where you don't have a season that's wrecked by COVID. And I know it can happen. Where you don't have a season where your starting center is lost on the first play of first series of the game. I know that can happen. Where you don't have a season where your starting quarterback blows his knee. I know that can happen. Where you don't have a season where both tackles literally don't play most of the season. And I know that can happen. I get that. But the odds of all of that happening again, I just, I can't imagine they're high. So I, I, I just, I'm breathing, I'm relaxing, and I'm ready to see what they can do in this draft that I think is deep, especially at areas of need. And it's the same group of people that we have applauded and you know, given a ton of credit to for finding players in the draft that this team has built around. So I'm not going to give up on it just yet. Because they didn't sign some dude to a thirty million dollar contract. Now, I know that's what you, I know. I know Scott, you said that's not what you meant. But I'm just saying that set off a bunch of Twitter yesterday. You know, this guy got to my like, stop it. Trip it was it was it was it was a group look. It's it, it's from. group of fans that are from. that are worried, and then it was like, oh god, now no one wants us. Like, no, they just paid more, and you're probably lucky that they did because you don't want to pay that much to that guy. ESPN Lafayette. The good thing happening with the Saints right now is they'll be able to compete because the NFC South is going to be dreadful. Um, it's going to be a weak division. The AFC, this is my last question for you guys, and we appreciate you taking so much time. Are you surprised at this NFL offseason? Because from a trade standpoint and a, a star player standpoint, we've never seen anything even close to what what this offseason has been like. I, I am and I'm not. Because we we saw this coming, didn't we? I mean, we um, we talked about 
how there is this desire. And again, I just think it's kind of where we are, man. I, I legitimately think sometimes executives, organizations, stuff, and, and fan bases live on Twitter and think that Twitter is the real life representation to it. There's this desire to overhaul, get better, you can do better, win now, do all these different things that I've never really seen before. It's kind of interesting when you think about it. Um, we had seven, eight teams this year, Scott, that aren't happy with their starting quarterback, but they had a starting quarterback. But they think they can do better at starting quarterback. And yet, I don't know what other starting quarterback you're going to get, right? I mean, um, so you still have some teams that don't have a starting quarterback. I mean, you know, people in Indianapolis feel like they, yeah, Matt Ryan, we called him Noodle on here. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, now, granted, he didn't get protected. And that's the thing. You look at some of these quarterbacks, did they get what they could? And it's the same thing. I got people telling me left and right, we need Jimmy G. Kyle Shanahan doesn't think he can make it work. Kyle Shanahan, you know, guy went to the Super Bowl. You're trying to trade him. I, I just, so that's why I keep saying, Scott, I, I figure out who you are, develop, coach, um, and, and, then, and, then, and then go get him, you know. And then once you build your mold, once you know what you want, then, then you find guys that fit that sort of plug and play, man. I, I dare say the Napier way, buddy. Um, I, I just, I just, I don't know, man. I, 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 I'm not surprised, but I, I don't know what some of these organizations like. Cleveland's desperate to me, you know, because I think they watch Get Up or NFL, you know, Good Morning, you know, football on the NFL Network too much, where they believe they're legit Super Bowl contenders. They, they've been to one playoff game, won one in, in the last five or however many years with Baker and, and all that talent, yet they should be winning the Super Bowls, which is why they needed to go get 230 guaranteed a player. I, I just, I, <laughs> okay, you know, what I mean? good luck with that, you know. Um, I mean, you're seeing Kansas City having to trade one of the top players in the NFL because they can't play their guy because they had to pay their quarterback $500 million. He just guaranteed 230 to that guy. Good luck with that. Because Miles Garrett and all those other people are going to want their contracts too. So you got about a two-year one. That's just not how I think you build. I mean, I don't know. That's just me. I, I just I see it. I understand it. At the same time, I just I kind of like what the Saints are doing to this standpoint. I don't think they're purposely not not signing. They have tried. They went after Watson. I'm almost positive. I mean, the early reports were that the, the two teams that were interested in Landry. What are Chiefs and the Saints? I think he hasn't signed anywhere just yet. So what's to say he doesn't? I, I don't know. Just I know they're trying, and they got some things that maybe go against them that they hadn't in the past. Not having Sean, not knowing stability at quarterback, not knowing who's your protection. Those are that aspect, and then the money aspect. So I would just breathe, and if this is like this next year, then we can talk. I'm just I I'm not I'm not freaking out right now. Gus Gagno, good stuff. At GCAT underscore one seven, G K A T T underscore one seven on Twitter. Give him a follow. Listen to ESPN one hundred point three when you're in New Orleans. Weekdays noon to three. It's called the Sports Hangover. He is the host. Great stuff as always, my friend. Missed you last week. Glad you had a great trip and uh thanks for taking so much time this morning, man. It's always fun. Maybe I had so much fun last week. Uh, yeah, I, I could have swore we talked last week. Did we not talk? About no, no I, look, I wasn't bothering you last <laughs> week, man. I wasn't like, bothering you last <laughs> week. I, I, I knew, I, I, I knew the trip. I knew the kind of trip you were on. I'm like, no, no, this, this, he doesn't need to be working on this trip. 
Um, no, man, appreciate it as always, buddy. <laughs> For sure, man. You have a good weekend. And uh, how about go pedals? Spurs and Lakers, man. Spurs and Lakers. Four o'clock Saturday, six o'clock Sunday. I mean, it's been a while since they've played meaningful basketball games this late in the season. So that's a good thing. Uh, coming up next, Brad Topham's going to join me. Big series for Cajun baseball on the diamond against South Alabama. We'll talk about that, among other things. Little LSU baseball as well. Cajun softball has a big weekend series coming up. It's UTA. A lot going on. Don't go anywhere. The Great Scott Show continues right after this. What's up, Acadiana? This is Rich Eisen. Check out the Rich Eisen Show every weekday from noon to 3. Get your sports fix right here on ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. Coming to you from the ESPN Lafayette Studio, sponsored by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app, the best Louisiana sports betting experience. Learn more at betrivers.com. Man, from the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab and Daniel Phillips, your weather forecast today sunny, a high of 77, AKA perfect weather for playing Diamond Sports. Rage Occasion Softball hosting UTA. Tonight, first of three this weekend against UT Arlington at Yvette Girard Field at Lamson Park, 6 o'clock, 545. Pre-game, Steve Pelequin, Bobby Neva have the call. And then over uh, next door at uh, MLT Moorefield at Russo Park, Rage Cajun Baseball taking on South Alabama and an important and difficult conference series at home. 6 o'clock first pitch, 5.30 pregame tonight. Those over on our sibling station, News Talk 96.5 KPL, Jay Walker, and on color commentary, my friend, our guest right now, host of Top's Take, Mr. Brad Topham. Brad, good morning, brother. How are you? I'm well, Scott. I'm much better than you, evidently, with your pessimistic attitude about the Saints, but that's a whole other story. I mean, it's they're they they are welcome to change my mind. I give them, I will give them ample uh, opportunity. They need a running back too, man. They need a lot. Don't give me stuff. Why, take why a deep breath. Doing? It'll be okay. It'll it be it'll be okay. So hey, um, the jambalaya shop. You know, it's most folks know tomorrow is uh, is the last day for it. I had to go in yesterday buy a bowl of gumbo. I had to get my fix before it goes. Has there been, like, I saw Josh Bruner walking out of there yesterday with some folks. Has there been a lot of that have just shown up this week and said, man, just just give me just give me this food one more time? A lot of friends, a lot of people showing support. It's been really cool. Um, everybody understands what goes, what's going on in our economy and our, in our country when it comes to workforce and all the issues. So everybody's been really supportive. Everybody understands. But honestly, like a lot of things, everybody's sad to see an option go away. You know, yeah, I wouldn't want to eat jambalaya or gumbo every day, but it's nice to have an option that you can get a consistent product. And that's that's all I really had as a goal my whole time doing this was try and be consistent. Look, it's like you and your show. You're going to be consistently playing dumb Beastie Boys music. I mean, hey, 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 you watch your tongue. How dare you? It's consistent. You're going to be negative about the same. Don't say that. Now that's it. Both of those, both of those statements are erroneous. Um, 
South Alabama is uh, ranked in the top 30. They have good pitching. They have a long history with the Cajuns. They are coming in to a series that, you know, Troy was good last weekend, but, Brad, the Cajuns have lost four in a row. They are 0-3 in conference play. Now, they're 7-4 and at home this season. There's 27 conference games left, Brad, but in your mind, is this one, can we put too much on it or not enough on it? Like, how how important is this series to you this weekend? I guess I'd have to answer your question with a question. What's your goal? I mean, who do you think you are? That's, I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, a positive way. Who do you think you are? Because if you think you're a championship team, you need to win two out of three. If you think you're a regional team, you need to win two out of three. Or if you think you're a Southland Conference team that's just getting ready for the season to be a season so you can play the postseason tournament and hope to make the uh, postseason that way. It depends on who you are. If you view yourself as a legit top 40 team, you have a top 40 team coming to your place, and you need to win two out of three. So I think it's a big series. What does South Alabama bring to the table, and why Why am I – been told this week from multiple people this is this is going to be a gritty series see south al they're they're riding high with their pitching right now you know he pitched against us a few years back jojo booker was the highest drafted pitcher that did not take the money kid's got a great arm he's had uh, a few issues with his elbow those have cleared up and he's got had some control problems well those are clearing up miles smith came out of nowhere and they're just loaded on the mound, and they play really good defense. Well, the difference is they went deep into the transfer market when it comes to seniors. We haven't done that yet here. Uh, basketball, uh, football hasn't done it. Baseball hasn't done it. It's a little different market. I'm not sure if it's something even Deggs is going to do. But the re- one of the reasons they're so good is they picked up some hitters that – I have a ton of experience. There's so last year, they're two out runners in scoring position. Scott, they were hitting like 320. That, that's that's unheard of. That's like leadoff batter, you know, kind of stuff. Nobody on base, no pressure. They're hitting 320, um, and they pitched, and they never made def- they never made errors, and they didn't strike out. Put a lot of pressure on you. Well, this year they picked up a couple bats. Uh, there's a guy. He's tearing it up. Well, he was all conference in the Big 12. Now, all of a sudden, he's in the Sun Belt, you know? There's stuff like that going on. And and that, for me, is the biggest difference. They went out and got grad transfers. There's a cat named Miles Symington. You ready for this? Let me make sure I got his number right. How's um, 465 sound with seven doubles? Jesus. 465. Uh, Charles Middleton. 465, and a legit now, 17 starts. Uh, Charles Middleton, he's hitting 351. Another grad transfer, senior transfer, not sure if he's a graduate. And, you know, when you add that in to some guys coming that are coming back, you know, it it makes a huge difference. So they went the JUCO route. I mean, not the JUCO route, excuse me. The the D1 transfer portal got two studs. Well, you stick a 460 and a 350 hitter into your lineup with what you have – are already coming back. I mean, you're going to be salty. But they're salty on the mound, and they play good defense. And, you know, they're a little bit, I guess, of the California-style baseball in the past. 
make you make plays, don't make they don't make a bunch of mistakes. Well, this year they actually have the hitting. Last year they just had two out hitting. This year they're they're scoring a lot of runs. And look, they're legit good. They're legit two seed in CA regional right now. What what is in your mind to this point, looking at the Cajuns now, looking inside, what has been the, the two biggest surprises from you on opposite ends of the spectrum, right? What has been, I guess, the most positive surprise to you and, and what, to this point, a lot of game left, but what's been the most, I guess, disappointing surprise? Well, the most positive surprise is I've always often believed that JUCO guys, hitters, don't tend to come on real strong early. They tend to have to, it takes time. And expecting freshmen to meet expectations from the fall and from the early spring practices, those are rare. Well, Heath Hood, D3, that's the low, That's a lower level than you know, where LSU is at. They're D2. BRCC uh, is D1. These are D3 All-American. Well, that kid never should have been in a D3. You talk about a guy that got missed. Heath Hood's come on. Will Bayon's come on. And Kyle DeBarge, the freshman. I mean, seriously, freshmen aren't supposed to be like that. But uh, I guess at UL, when it comes to shortstop, freshmen can be. So that's been the real positive part. The negative part has been, honestly, the you know you hate being right when you're negative, and that's been the disappointing part, is being right on, hey, we got all these arms, but they're not proven. And, uh, you know, Coach Diggs uses the word generosity. That's a polite way of saying we're giving stuff away. Yeah. You know, and that's been disappointing. But so Jason Shepard is actually Heath's uncle and pitcher, old pitcher for UL when I was there. And he, he sent me a text. And this is what I think they're missing. I, I do. You have a lot of alphas on that team. But you don't have – I just don't – I don't have – there's no guy I see that's going to pull everybody up around the collar. And I, you can't have Nathan Nelson, Jace Conrad. The reason we know their name is they don't grow on trees. But, you know, Shepard sent me a text, and one of the things he said, uh, I thought this was awesome, leading with a voice requires a person to stand tall and lead when they fail. That is hard to do, and that's why a lot of people aren't real vocal. They'll play their tails off. Look, these dudes play hard, Scott. There's no quit. There's no give up. There's high character. But, you know, there's some established guys that are still struggling. Well, they're not going to be very vocal. The guys that have been doing well are younger, you know, and it's just, I, I think they're lacking that vocal leadership, if that makes sense. I, I don't want to accuse anybody of not being a leader, not being alpha, not playing hard. But sometimes when things aren't going good, you need somebody, a collar grabber, and I don't know that you have one. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. I mean, it that that's a little surprising, I guess, in regards to you, you've, you see – Especially when things are, you know, rolling. You see, at least from a, an offensive standpoint, some of the swagger. You see guys from a pitching standpoint on the mound that are very uh, demonstrative, you know, um, love to sort of get after it. It feels like they've got some alphas on this team, right? It feels like they have that Wolfpack mentality, but that's not necessarily the same thing as having, you know, uh, one guy that's kind of the head of the Wolfpack, and you feel like that would – you know, if that emerges, you feel like that would that would help this team right now. Yeah, so like an example, you know, you lose that game, they walked us off. But they walked you off on, seriously, just, that's just bad luck. Kyle DeBarge goes to make a play, which is the absolute correct play, 
on a slow hit ground ball. He's going to get the lead runner at third base. Spun too quick. Austin Perrin comes in. Their best hitter, Scott. This guy by far is their best hitter. In the three hole, bases loaded, tie game, one down. And guess what? They had put a defensive replacement in for their four hole. Guy coming up was one for six on the year behind him. We had it. He gets a weak ground ball. Problem is, you're a double play depth, and it was so weak that the run scores. You know, that's the bad luck. But when we had the shot, we strike out with one out. We don't hit the ground ball. And I feel like that's the part I'm talking about. The, the, the guy that is more afraid to come back in the dugout and face a player because he struck out than the guy that, you know, and I'm very careful how I say it because they, they fight. They're throw down. There's compete. They get after it. I just feel like there's that one key. I don't know. I just feel like when you're really good, you have a dude. You have a dude. And you got plenty of guys that play that way. I just feel like they lack the one guy that talks that way. If that makes sense. Sure. ESPN Lafayette. So ultimately, what in your mind is the biggest key this weekend against the Jaguars? Explain to me how you got 34 hits in back-to-back games, and now you've lost four in a row. Right. And I don't know if we've gotten 34 hits since. I, I, because I, baseball, I hate baseball, because baseball is so screwed up. That's that's the problem, Scott. You know, Houston comes in. That guy's ready as a number seven prospect in the conference, and the AAC is a good baseball conference. This guy's ready as the number one fastball in the conference by the draft experts. We put 17 runs up on him. You know, you go to McNeese. Magnus is throwing a bunch of good arms at us. We put up 17 hits, 17 hits on both. And then you go to Troy, and you only get 20 hits all weekend. You have two hits, two solos going into the eighth inning on, you know, Wednesday. But, again, please bear in mind, as I'm saying that to you, you also had nothing going your way. Your coach gets tossed, and you came back and tied the game and should have taken the lead. But I guess that's the problem. Should have, not did. And the biggest key is, you, you can't, should have, against South Alabama. You have to. Sound like Jim Mora. Coulda, woulda, shoulda, just ain't good enough. Um, yeah. I want to ask you briefly before I let you go, Brad, about uh, LSU baseball. They went from rank to, you know, I, a lot of lofty preseason expectations. I mean, they're. I look at their record, I'm like, look, they're 15-6, and six, right? They're... They've played some good teams. This weekend, to me, feels like a show-me weekend, right? You're, play, you're on the road against number 9 Florida. What, what are you? Are you a team that's going to compete with the best of them in the SEC? Or are you a team that is still, you know, working out some kinks with a new coach? Um, you know, I, I know a lot of Tech fans were celebrating because they, they swept them and they beat them in extra innings. And you talk about generosity. I mean... You know, your pitchers come in, you got a lead in the ninth, and you start giving up free stuff, and before you know it, you're losing. Uh, but I, I don't know, man. This, this weekend against Florida, this is like a show-me weekend in my mind as far as LSU baseball goes. Well, first of all, to me, LSU is not 15 and 6, but 2 and 6. They've played eight teams that are going to be a top 150 or top 200, and they're 2 and 6. I mean, I, I'm not giving them credit for sweeping Bethune-Cookman or Maine, or Southern, you know? Or beating Towson they, they, you know, he, twice. Yeah, I mean, they don't play anybody. But you know what LSU has been? Unfortunately for them, exactly what you thought. 
you at least what I thought. I thought a team was going to struggle on defense. Well, they made two errors in every game this weekend, losing two out of three to a team in Texas A&M. By the way, that was pick six in the SEC West, not the conference, the West. And you don't have starting pitching. You have relief pitching, and a couple guys are forced to start. Mikhail Hilliard is a great dude, but he gives up five earned runs in four innings every game, and that's one of your starters. You got one starter. You got a bunch of relievers. Your defense is failing you, but your offense is good. And, you know, the guys that are supposed to produce, look, I'm telling you, you know, Dylan Cruz, Barry, all those guys, Scott, they're, they're big time. They're going to be big time in the draft. They're going to be big time, period. But as a team, they got holes. And it's a shame because those holes on that team are going to just, they're going to knock them out because there's all the other SEC schools that they play that are good, they're balanced. If that makes sense. All right. Before we let you run, you paying any attention to I know I know how busy you are with your job. You paying any attention to the Sweet Sixteen lately? Did you fill out a bracket this year? Yeah. Did I fill out a bracket? No, I gamble a lot though. Small bets. I always go for parlays and just no, so you know that's not good. I, 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 I no, no 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 no. I'm good. There's always one person that screws it up. Like how about the two free throws with seventeen seconds left? from that trash at Georgia State. That's how they Got $10 bet, I want 100 That's how they get you. I want 100 until he, until he has two free throws of 17 seconds that's left. That's how they get you. Or I listened to, I know, I listened to Jason Williams last night. Dude, go the under. Go the under. Mm-mm. I pulled a three-leg parlay on the under on three different games. First two hit. All of a sudden, Duke is scoring against the best defense in the country. They shot like, lights out in the last me. eight minutes of that game. Lights out. It was like, what yeah. happened? Suddenly they can't Appreciate miss a shot. It. Appreciate it. Yeah. So, no, I've been enjoying it. Um, you know what the funny thing is? When you analyze this stuff, even if you know what you're talking about, you still always come away with the ones moving on, the best teams. They've been the best. They're the ones for a reason. Man. And no matter what, they're going to lose. So how do you logically pick against a team just because, oh, wait, I'm picking all the higher-ranked teams. Somebody's got, you know, it's, it's the so little The little, the little parlays are like throwing, I don't know, like a little uh, throwing like a, a funion in the water around like some little brim. Like they're just going to nibble at that thing for like an hour until it's completely gone. You've had enough parlays every now and then you're going to hit, but it'll get you. It's always that one little detail, man. I've, I've been so close on little $5 parlay bets where it's like one free throw would have had $250. Like they don't care. I didn't win. It's gone. So no. yeah, man, why, why, it's you know, God, Sister Jean, a seven-leg parlay, and I hit them all. And his Sister Jean was nowhere to be found. How do you lose a game when you let when the opponent goes one for fifteen from the three-point line, and you lose by fifteen? A seven-leg. This man's Scott, making a seven-leg parlay. Six hundred dollars winner. I mean, but yeah, but it didn't happen, did it? No, it didn't happen. Just and missed. I can't, it. I'm trying not to curse. It's always that. It's always that one thing. Sister Jean, God bless her. I mean, you know, she's, she's 102. There are some, there are some conspiracy right. theorists that feel like she's been replaced, that it's a, it's a new Sister Jean. Oh, well, that, that, those conspiracy theorists need to go tell Sister Jean that the big man hurt her team and he should go back and redo it. Oh, no, he just, the big man had all the mojo on Loyola New Orleans this year. They're the national champs. No, so I knew it was coming. I knew it was going to work in the national champion. National championships. Wolfpack. That's right. That's right. NC State, by the way, a little history lesson for you guys. 
tried to uh, bring Loyola to court so that they would have basically a monopoly in college sports on Wolfpack, and uh, yeah, they didn't. They they did win that. Come on, you can't mess. You can't mess with the Jesuits. No, 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 no. You can't you mess, mess with the, the Jesuits. The, don't mess with Jesuit lawyers, bro. That's what we're really saying. Don't mess with Jesuit lawyers. We're the, we're the, we, we've been we've been the Wolfpack for over a hundred years, so they can just back off in Raleigh. Okay, mind your own business, <laughs> right? Mind your own business. That is Brad Toppin. Uh, he's got a very special top stake today. You're going to want to tune in at three. Hear him in the booth, Raging Cajun baseball this season uh, with Jay Walker, including tonight as the Cajuns begin their series against South Alabama. Six o'clock tonight, two o'clock tomorrow, one o'clock Sunday. Pre-game 30 minutes prior on our sibling station, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Softball right here on ESPN Lafayette, UT Arlington, uh, tonight at 6 and 2 on Saturday, noon on Sunday, pregame 15 minutes prior. Steve Pelequin, Bobby Nova have the call in all three of those. The weather is perfect for it. And the Jambalaya Shop over there near the corner of uh, Congress and um, in Ambassador, it is uh, open uh, today and tomorrow, and then that's it. So if you want to get your fix, now's the time to do it. Brad, appreciate the time, my friend. I'll talk to you again in the future, and uh, stay away from the parlays, dude. Hey, don't worry about me and just know I'll have a drastically different take than you come this afternoon on the Saints. I, I, I look forward to, to hearing that because um, I like to remind you when you're wrong. Actually, I don't. You just like to remind me when I'm wrong. I don't even point out the times I you are. I would never. I just asked you if you like Flock of Seagulls. This is, yeah, that's, it's, I do like Flock of Seagulls. They're a great, okay. great band from back in the 80s. I couldn't <laughs> grow my hair like that, though. All right, Brad, appreciate it, man. See you. At his Later. top, Brad Topham of uh, of Top Steak. Black Seagulls is great, man. I mean, obviously, I ran. Everybody knows that one. I ran so far away. But they had some other really good songs, man. They really did. Then they tried to come out with some stuff, you know, in the 90s, and it just it didn't work. Didn't work. Got to stay away from it. Just know your role. But Space Age Love Song is all-time great song. The more you live, the more you love. Another great, great song. Didn't plan on, you know, spouting off my appreciation for a flock of seagulls, but here we are. Thanks, Brad. Don't go anywhere. Great Scott Show continues after this. Open phone lines, 337-269-1077. Sweet 16, last night. How did Duke do it? How did Houston do it? How did Arkansas do it? And why is Villanova rolling right now like a freight train that it's going to be awfully difficult to stop? I'll tell you next on ESPN Lafayette. Best ticket in sports. This is the Great Scott Show. College basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. 
Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Yep, it's that simple. If they win, you win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Guys, remember, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code 1420. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code 1420 this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. $5 minimum deposit. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Licensee partner Gold Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. Be bold. The biggest names in sports are talking to you every day on the Rich Eisen Show with me, Rich Eisen. I know! Every weekday from noon to 3, right here on ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. He was the 1991 state champion in Nintendo. Ready, down, put, put, put. It's the Great Scott Show with Scott Prather on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show on a Friday, quarter to nine. Give me a shout, 337-269-1077. But if you do, give me all you got. Give me all you got! Give me all you got! Trevor Simeon, who went 0-4 last year as a starter for the Saints. Some of those were his fault. Some of them he had no shot based on what he was working with, but did come off of the um, the sideline in two games when Jameis got hurt on Halloween and Taysom got hurt in the regular season finale against the Falcons and helped the Saints defeat the Buccaneers as well as the Atlanta Falcons. Trevor Simeon. You can read more about this over at ESPN Lafayette. Dot com and the ESPN Lafayette app. He signed a two-year deal with the Bears. Now, the Bears have Justin Fields. They have Nick Foles. They have some other uh, jabroni on the roster. I'm not sure what his name is. But, but you got Fields and Foles. So is Simeon going to be the third string? I mean, he started out as fourth string when he entered Saints training camp last year. Then didn't make the final round of cuts, then was back, then was the third string, and by, you know, November he had to start. The Bears signed into a two-year deal worth $4 million with a chance to make it $5 million overall. Hey, go get that, go get, go get that money, Trevor. Good for him. I mean, he's no Chase Daniel who's made like 40 mil in his career. Chase Daniel, in terms of actual um, pass attempts in the NFL, has made like $300,000 per pass attempt if you've got his career earnings together. Yeah. Trevor Simeon, 
Two-year deal, four mil, maybe up to five with incentives. Shoo. I mean, at that rate, the Saints might somehow even get a compensatory pick for him. It could offset Marcus May's deal in the 2023 compensatory formula. I mean, it's, I, I, how likely is it? I don't know. But I didn't think the deal would be worth that much. Last night in the Sweet 16, the Duke Blue Devils beat Texas Tech. Old Mike Krzyzewski turned to Duke fans behind the bench, gave him his old fist, said, I'm 75. We're winning. My 100th career win in the tournament. Give me some more hair dye. The living legend gets to continue coaching for another day. Now they'll take on Arkansas. And, Duke, I, I, I could sit here and lie to you and tell you that last night it was, well, you know, the refs and they were in this and that. No, it was Duke Duke shot really, really, really well down the stretch against the team with really good defense. I mean, Jeremy Roach has been the best player for them in the tournament thus far, and he was at times relegated to the bench this season for the Blue Devils. Been one of the biggest breakout stars of March Madness. You know? Comes in as a reserve, and now he's just kind of found lightning in a bottle. And he was big. Clutch shots. They got great guard play last night. Great guard play. So they they might be back in the Final Four. You thought you'd see him face off against Gonzaga like they did earlier in the season? Nope. Eric Musselman, the must bus, the Razorbacks, 40 minutes of hell, making their second consecutive trip to the Elite Eight, knocking out the one seed Gonzaga Bulldogs who have, you know, people were making jokes on on social media last night like they're the Dallas Cowboys. They just get into the postseason and choke. Really, if you look at Gonzaga over the last 25 years, that's really not fair to Gonzaga. I mean, they've been to the postseason way more in the last quarter of a century than the Cowboys have. So that's... I know that folks are trying to really make fun of the Cowboys when they put out those memes, but really they're just they're, they're doing Gonzaga disservice. Villain, I mean, it, the, the, the one game last night that really wasn't all that great was Villanova just handling their business. Jay Wright in Villanova are usually, I'll say not usually, I think they are consistently the most prepared team in the tournament. Jay Wright might be the best. I think, I, think I think currently he's the best coach in college basketball. And look, they were facing an 11 seed in Michigan. and It's hard to bet against Villanova now, especially now that Arizona has been bounced. Now, I... They had to play Houston, who should not have been a five seed. Houston is much better than that. Kelvin Sampson has the Cougars playing. That is a mean team, man. Uh, Houston, Villanova, that's going to be fun. And then tonight we got a slate of games in hoops. The Cinderella St. Peter's against Purdue. Providence against Kansas. North Carolina against UCLA. Some old blue bloods. And then Iowa State against Miami. The Hurricanes, by the way, that's the lock. 
That's the lock. No, I won't bet a parlay on that game, but I'll just bet on the Hurricanes. I'll keep it safe, unlike Brad Topham, who loves parlays and parfaits. Should be fun. And, of course, you got great baseball this weekend and softball. The weather, just absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect. But back to Houston for a minute. I mean, they're the way they hit the glass, the way they force turnovers, the Elite Eight matchup I'm most intrigued with is that one. Now, obviously, anytime Duke's playing, as long as it's Coach K, and could this be it? Could this be his last? If they beat Arkansas, the entire the entire Final Four is going to be hijacked by essentially that one team and all the discussion and all the talk around it. And I'll say this, for New Orleans, the city hosting it, Arkansas would bring a ton of fans. They'd be great. Duke would bring fans from all over the country because they all don't want to miss the chance to be there when Coach K says, Goodbye, everybody. Thank you. You know, we play it hard. We play good basketball. That's what I, and, and that's what CVS is wanting. ESPN Lafayette. Going to be fun. Sweet 16, NBA, Pelicans playing meaningful games this time of year. Two huge ones this weekend. They're ninth right now in the West. They're two games up on San Antonio. They're tied with the Lakers, who they currently own the tiebreaker over, but they got to beat them again to clinch that tiebreaker. And guess who they're playing this weekend? The Spurs tomorrow at 4, the Lakers Sunday at 6. Huge. You know, my son, he has never, he's always liked the idea of sports more than actually like watching it. And he'll see me yell at a Saints game or something, and he he think he finds that funny. But he kind of likes the idea of like talking about it. And recently, I mean, he you know playing sports, watching it. Yeah, he's in other stuff, and that's and that's that's fine. I love him. He's awesome. He's he's into different things. But lately, he's actually been really into the Pelicans, and he wants to watch the games with me. And it's it's fun. I don't know. My first time as a dad, he's like, Dad, can we watch the game tonight? I had to put him to bed at halftime last night. I didn't get to stay up and watch the whole thing. But he's all in. He's asking when they're playing next. He's drawing pictures of Jonas Valanciunas. He's asking about why Zion isn't playing. And he's like, Dad, I heard an announcer say he might play soon. Like, Yeah, kid, we could. I, I could teach you a lot of stuff, tell you a lot of stuff about Zion. But he's your favorite player. We'll just leave it at that. Sports are great, man. I'm happy to have this job. Thank all of you who support the show, the station, who listen. Been a fun week. Next Monday morning, we'll talk about the final four. We'll take a look at where the Pels are in the standings. We'll see if the Saints have actually signed anyone. We'll have conversations, one-on-ones with Rage Occasion softball coach Jerry Glasgow. They got a big series against UT Arlington this weekend. You can hear all the games right here on ESPN Lafayette. We'll talk to Rage Cajun baseball coach Matt Deggs. They got a big series this weekend against South Alabama. You can hear all the games on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Have a great weekend. The Dan Patrick Show is next. Give me all you got.
college basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Yep, it's that simple. If they win, you win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Guys, remember, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code 1420. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code 1420 this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. $5 minimum deposit. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Licensee partner Gold Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP.